0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, he will prepare your way, a voice of one crying out in the desert prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to meet him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair. With a leather belt around his waist, he fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Our first reading this morning begins by saying comfort comfort to your people speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end her guilt is expiated and that her people will receive double for their sins God wants us happy God wants us happy you know, when I was in elementary school, I came home and I told my dad that I had flunked a test, that my teacher hated me, and that I had, and she had flunked me in this test. And my dad, he said, Well, if your teacher hated you, she wouldn't have flunked you because you would be back next year. <laughs> and sometimes I think that attitude can kind of creep into our soul, can kind of creep into our life, that God is up there, out there looking for ways to condemn us. He's looking for all of the blotches on our soul. He's looking for all of the ways, you know, as if he's trying to send as many people as possible to hell. Right? And I don't, probably in theory, in our head, we don't believe that, but yet sometimes in our heart, that, that's what we believe, that's how we live. Because we find ourselves unworthy of God, we find ourselves you know, not living up to the standard that he has set for us, and we think, well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. And so this, this attitude of unworthiness can, can rest in our soul, and, and it just can, can, can hurt us and can eat us on the inside. Our gospel today has the person of John the Baptist And he appears beside the Jordan River baptizing. And it's a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins that John is baptizing. Well, John, the Baptist, he had a great insight. And his insight was this. The Gentiles were the ones who had to be baptized when they converted to the Jewish faith. So there were a bunch of other things that they had to do as well. But one of the things that they had to do was they had to be bathed and it was for the purification of their past life. And so they had to get rid of that. And John the Baptist his insight is that this purification isn't just for the Gentiles. But us as Jews, we need to be purified of our sins. We need to be cleansed of our sins. John the Baptist was telling the people of Israel at this time that you are not the chosen people just because of your birth. You're not the chosen people because of the race that you belong to. Because you're living lives just like the Gentiles. And you need to be changed. You need to be purified. And so he says those things that you are inviting the Gentiles to do when they convert to the Jewish faith, you also need to do. You also need to experience a repentance for your sins. And John the Baptist goes around preaching this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And Christ himself, there's a moment in the gospel where Christ himself, he he just looks at the people. He contemplates the people that are before him. And he says... The gospel says that he had pity on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had pity for their weakness. And so we ask ourselves, what attracts the heart of Jesus Christ? What actually attracts the heart of Jesus Christ? The gospel Gives us those moments with the children who, by their simplicity, just wanted to be touched by Christ. The generous poverty of an old widow who gave everything that she had to pay the temple tax. This is what attracted the heart of Jesus Christ. The humble publican who was so convicted by his own unworthiness that he stayed in the back of the synagogue beating his breast. And Christ tells us that he's the one who went home justified. It's the centurion who came to Christ with a great nobility of faith and asked for a healing from a distance. To heal his servant from a distance. This is what attracts the heart of Jesus Christ. It's the faith and the bold trust of four friends of a paralytic who open the roof of the house and lower him down in front of Christ. It's the woman who was hemorrhaging for years and had enough humble faith to just reach out and touch the cloak of Christ. This is what attracts the heart of Jesus Christ. It's the Syrophoenician woman whose humility and insistence one for her, a healing for her daughter. It's the sincerity and gratitude and courage of a sinner, of a sinner woman who bathed Jesus' feet in tears of repentance and wiped them with her ointment. It's the hope and sincere trust of the good thief who was hanging next to Christ and said, Christ, remember me when you come into your kingdom. These are the attitudes that attract the heart of Christ. The people that go to Christ in their brokenness and they say, I can't do anything. I have done everything that I can. I need something else. And they go to Christ in their brokenness. These are the dispositions of repentance and contrition which Jesus looks for in our lives. And in the sacrament of confession. Why do we doubt his mercy and love? Why do we think that we're not worthy of forgiveness? Why do we think that sometimes he will be angry and disappointed? In the most difficult moments of the life of Christ, during his agony, as he was hanging on the cross, what was his first word? The first thing that Christ said as he was hanging on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. In the moments of his deepest hurt, deepest agony, this is the thing that comes out of the mouth of Christ. And a little bit later, he opens paradise for a thief. When Christ himself In the Last Supper, he said, This is my blood shed for you and for all so that sins may be forgiven. Do this in memory of me. This is the memory of his saving love. This is the memory of his blood poured out, not by accident, but precisely for the forgiveness of our sins. God wants us happy. God wants us happy. He's just asking that we go to him as we are. With our brokenness, with our struggles, with our sins. And say, Christ, I need your help. Christ, I need your strength. I cannot do this on my own. This is what attracts the heart of Christ. And this is what makes God happy. And for ourselves, experiencing that forgiveness of our sins is what makes us happy as well. Let us offer our petitions to the Eternal Father who sent John the Baptist to announce the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We turn to him with our needs. For the renewal of the church, that the Lord may sanctify her during this holy season of Advent, we pray to the Lord. For For our nation, that the Lord may guide the minds of those who govern in order to promote the common good and assure justice for all. Let us pray to the Lord. For our parish community, that the Lord may draw us together in and through the sacramental life of the church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, We pray that our personal relationship with Jesus Christ be nourished by the word of God and a life of prayer. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the mass media, especially Christian channels of communication, That the faithful may work to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in charity and in truth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the poor, the sick, the homeless, the unemployed, the addicted, those who are ensnared in sin, the lonely, and those who mourn, that we may comfort the afflicted as true agents of mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For the grace of repentance and for the freedom from all that impedes our readiness for the kingdom of heaven, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, And we pray for Catholic families, especially for fathers, that they will be given the strength. We ask for St. Joseph's intercession in their life, that they will have the courage to be the spiritual leaders of their families. Let us pray to the Lord and for all those prayers that we hold in the silence of our hearts.